your brother's hungry? Don't you know your sister's lonely? Don't you know there's babies crying? Don't you know your brother's dying? Greetings. I'm Dr. Anthony Smith of Alashe Center for Enrichment, and welcome to Black Folks Do Therapy, where we endeavor to challenge you to think critically about your mental health and overall wellness. Our goal is to inspire you to align your actions and values so that you might live your life fully 86,400 seconds every single day. We do this in part by asking questions and raising issues that you may not have previously considered. Ultimately, we encourage you to do those things that help you to live your best life consistently, always working towards balance. All right, and thank you all for joining us for another episode of Black Folks Do Therapy. We're very excited to be here this evening. We have a wonderful interview lined up for you with Dr. Baba Wade Nobles, who's a founder of the Association of Black Psychologists, or at least he was around when it was founded. I think he's a founding member. We're going to get into all the details about that and learn about the history of what it means to be a black psychologist in this country because um, he was at the forefront of knowing the history of, you know, the evolution and the history of psychology in this, in this country. So we got a very interesting conversation tonight and um, welcome Dr. Nobles. Thank you for joining us and being willing to talk with us this evening. How are you? I'm doing well and I'm glad to be here with you. Good, good. So I want to start off by first getting a sense from you um, what even prompted you to go into psychology? <laughs> well, I, the story I'd like to tell is that when I was a child, my mother worked in uh, Massachusetts as a, as a chambermaid for an insane asylum. And she would come home and to my brother, we, you know, we were born before there was television. Mm -hmm. So she would come home at night and she would tell us stories as, as sort of eye entertainment and education. And she always would tell a story and she would dramatize these stories about these uh, crazy white doctors and black captive patients. <laughs> so I think that I was bred by my mother to look at psychology as a fascinating discipline, but also that it was something that was not being done well in terms of our own people. Right. Well, certainly at that time, did our people even know what psychologists were? And, and we even have been going to a psychologist? At I don't think they went to a psychologist. I think they were captured and they were locked up because the uh, system at that time, in some ways, much like it is today, didn't understand what was black behavior. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so they just simply thought they were either, they were either mad or bad. If they were mad, they went to jail. If they were mad, and that was that that was their determination, not ours. Mm -hmm. They sent them to the same asylum. Both okay. places sort of operated the same way. Right. So, so it was more the the medical model of the insane asylum. You got to be quote unquote crazy. Yes. As opposed to what it's evolved into today, where we understand the, the plethora and the breadth of mental health and and all that it encompasses. Absolutely. The good thing about those. Uh, evening story storytelling was that uh, she didn't tell us about psychology talk she talked about the mistreatment of black people in this place where she was working okay okay and so you had these stories they're getting ingrained in your mind and then 
you go through high school, you go off to college, and when does it hit you that this is what you wanted to do? Well, it's interesting because as a young person, I had a couple of occupations or paths I was interested in. Okay. One was uh, to be a bullfighter, a matador. And the second one was to be a brain surgeon. And the third one was to be a uh, psychologist. And so when I was in high school, I, I went to a white counselor and I said I wanted to be a psychologist. I, I wasn't going to tell her I wanted to be a brain surgeon because they're already internalized in our minds that there was only so many things you could do. And, and, the, and the, um, the bullfighter was just a fascination. You know, it was just a childhood fascination. Rather than be fascinated by cowboys and Indians, I was fascinated by this dance between this man and this, 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 this quote, beast. And so I told my counselor that I wanted to be a psychologist. And she literally took her glasses off her face and dropped them <laughs> on the desk. Like she was shocked. And she said, you can never become a psychologist. Uh, you should try, you should study drafting because you're not intelligent enough to become an architect, but you can copy other people's ideas. That's, that was literally ingrained in my mind. So, so two things happened. One, I said, I'm going to be a psychologist. And two, I will never ask white people for advice about what I should do ever in life. So I left high school never being advised at all by anybody about what was my career path that was white. Wow. So I started to become a psychologist, and I went to I went to college. I went to junior colleges in out here in California, junior colleges into uh, uh, San Francisco State, where I later became the chairman of the Black Studies Department. But I went there as an undergraduate student and uh, studied psychology. And in studying psychology there, there was literally two, at best, three black students in every single class I ever took. Mm. And so there was no one there. And what amazed me was that my my mother uh, cautioned help me through college because as I said in classes, all the strange kind of uh, theories that these white professors were talking about in terms of, uh, in terms of understanding the psychological function of people, I, I resonate. That has nothing to do with my mother and father. It has nothing to do with my community. So I was able to, to negotiate uh, getting through that course of instruction, but recognizing early on what they were talking about had nothing to do with black people. Wow, so you were able to you were able to synthesize that at that young age with no kind of roadmap for seeing people who could serve as markers for you, right, or as mentors. Yeah. Absolutely. See, but my mother guided me. She said there was there were crazy white doctors, those are psychologists, <laughs> and they were captured black people. So I went into studying psychology with a kind of antennae to say, look out for the crazy white doctors. Right. And at that point, the crazy white doctors were the crazy white professors who were teaching uh, psychology. And then I was blessed to have uh, early on at San Francisco State to have uh, become an encounter with uh, uh, Joe White. Uh, and Joe White, there was actually three professors at San Francisco State. Uh, Joe White and, uh, and, and, uh, and Harold Dent. And uh, they were sort of wondering how they were going to get through this themselves. I mean, they, they, were, they, were, they were faculty professors, but they were assaulted by the same misinformation, miseducation that we were assaulted by. So, so that was uh, the milieu that... Uh, I came into and I was able, I was blessed to be able to be welcomed by people like Joe White as a, a younger brother, not necessarily a, a student, 
and we crafted, in fact, the first course that I believe was ever offered in black psychology. Joe White taught at San Francisco State, and he made me his TA. And so I was sort of, and we were really figuring out how what this thing was right. in, that, in that dynamic. Right. And so for those who don't know, um, Dr. Joseph White wrote the book, The Psychology of Blacks, and many other books as well, and was one of the preeminent psychologists in the field until he passed away uh, several years ago here. Um, but he has a long tree of people that he has influenced, and his influence is still being felt today. So I didn't know that you had, um, that you had, were one of the earlier people that, that had that influence. Yeah, I, I was sort of, uh, I was sort of part of Joe White's recovery. Mm-hmm. He was being, he was being uh, assaulted by Western psychology and, about, and by the academia. And he you know, made some choices that weren't right choices, but he was able to come out of that and become the premier sort of father of black psychology. Right. Uh, in terms of that work. So, I, so I've seen Joe White and his children at different stages mm-hmm. uh, of their life. And so I consider Joseph White to be an important icon in this evolution mm-hmm. of uh, this thing we call the Black psychology. Right, right. So, so let's move into that, into the Black because we're transitioning into that. Um, you had that connection. Take us from there to the advent of the decision to even have a black psychology. It's also, it's, it's like I'm, 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 I'm uh, modeling my mother because I'm, I'm telling stories here. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and the story really was that in, uh, in uh, San Francisco, 68, I think, uh, the APA, that's the White Psychological Association, mm-hmm. uh, they had an annual convention in, um, in San Francisco. And so, uh, my one of the white professors that I was studying with um, said that all you all who want to get extra credit, I want you to go down to APA and, and serve them. He called it go down and being a gopher, go for this, go for that, right? Do this. So, and so I, you know, I had already internalized that I wasn't as dumb as they wanted me to be, <laughs> and and so and so I knew that if I go down there, I could get extra credit just in case. I would have a little extra cushion for my grade point everything. At that time, I said I really wanted to go to graduate school. And so I went to APA, and um, I waited to see my professor. I saw him. I got eye-to-eye contact. And once he knew in his mind that I was there, I headed out the door. I was literally leaving because I had just got a new, just newly married, had a young wife. I was going home to be with my wife because I knew the professor saw me. So I, I, I'm not going to be no gopher. I, mean, I was... I was in at some said at the time we had a lot of radical stuff going on too. So we had the Panthers on campus, and, and everybody was talking about in quote revolution. Okay. So, so, so there was a dual education that was trying to negotiate this white psychology and get into degree. There was also this this education about what it means to be black and how we need to change the nature of the world. <laughs> so I said I would leave it to leave it and go home to my wife. And as I was walking by the door, literally by a bar at the hotel lobby. There were these several black men there and they were pissed off. They were mad. And folk like Joe, like uh, uh, Bob Williams. In fact, Bob Williams stood up, you know Bob. Bob's a really tall, mm-hmm. baritone voice. And they was cussing. They was upset. So I said, wait a minute. These are my kind of people up in here. I ain't seen more than two, two black psychologists in my life. So I slid over close to this sort of ear hustle 
what they're talking about. They were really, they were angry. And they were talking about, you know, we're tired of this. They use colorful language. We're tired of these folk and, tired and telling lies about us and telling lies about our family. And so someone said, well, let's go out. Let's go to someone's room and we, we can talk to someone. We can figure out what we're going to do. And I was, I, I was drawn with them. Uh, you know, I was, I was just following them. I, mean, I was being a sort of a, a torn. I got to get home to my wife. But these folk talking my kind of talk because they're angry. Right. And so I went to the room at about 1 o'clock. People start saying, we, we should go get some chicken and some wine and stuff. We talked us out. And they were talking, well, we didn't have a petition. We're going to petition these white folk. We're going to petition. They have a, a subdivision of, of APA that deals with the needs of, of the African-American community. We were calling black or Negro back in those days. And so uh, so the younger people, including me, said, no. You know, you all gave me license. You were cussing. You were mad. Shit on these white folks. Mm-hmm. And so we don't need to have no, no, no petition. Let's start our own. Uh, association of Psychology. We debated back and forth, literally about maybe three o'clock in the morning, arguing back and forth. Now you have to keep in mind, these are young black professionals. These are folk worried about their jobs. Some of just get their first house note. They worry about getting, you know, quote, tenure, all those things. And here we, a few of us who are students, we had nothing to lose. So we, and plus we've been, we've been um, warded by the revolution. Right. <laughs> so we say, no, let's go for broken. We back and forth. But it wasn't an angry argument, it was really an argument of love. And finally, we agreed as a body, we should start our own association of black psychology. And the next day, we convened again and said, we have now established an association of black psychologists, but we don't have a discipline of black psychology. Mm. I hope you can see the difference. That we have an organization under the rubric of being black psychologists, organized for a political as well as scientific reasons, but we had no discipline that drove that. And literally we went to work. All of us went to work studying, thinking about what is this thing called black psychology? How do we develop? What is it based on? And how do we, we went through those reactions, is black psychology, white psychology, blackface, is black psychology something that we don't understand? And over the, over the course of time, we are still on that path of, 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 of bringing out this science of African human functioning that currently is calling that black psychology, or some folks call it pan-African black psychology. I, I think it's psychogenic. I think we need to break away from uh, the, even the rubric of the things that's been so contaminated, we should even call ourselves psychologists. But that's, that's a different conversation. But right. anyway, so that's how, we, that's how we were born. And so we begin to have annual meetings where we came together, get small, and then it grew, it grew, and we began to organize, and people begin to write and publish and think and research about this thing now called the science of the discipline of black psychology that was going to be the foundation for the for the organization of the association of black psychologists mm-hmm. we married black psychology with black psychologists and, and we're not continuing that conversation okay and it has been 50 plus years since since yes. that initial dialogue and it, is, it has been a, it's been a, 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 a love affair, a marriage, because I think in the 52 years or 51 years, I've only missed, for medical reasons, two annual meetings of the Association of Black Psychology. And I became, I became a regional rep, I became a chapter chair, I became a, a, a past president. And I was, I like to say, I was a, a, a baby daddy of the association, because I was in the rooms. I was, I was part of the founding of it, but I was a youngster. I was, I was, I was nowhere near. I, mean, right. I hadn't really even got out of uh, undergraduate school yet. Right, 
but you can speak to the inception and you were there seeing it be birthed and you've watched it grow up. You've, you've, in, you've essentially grown up with it. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and it was a conversation. So it wasn't just youngsters sitting sit on the side of the wall listening to the old folk. Old folk were like six years older than us. It was not a whole was right. no big gap there. We had folks that were six, the oldest might have been 10 years a gap. So we had, it was a conversation of family. It wasn't the youngsters, the students. You sit by and listen to us who are the professors talk. No, we were, we were in quote, clashing and conversation and, 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 and debating each other and, and going on every single possibility of an idea in that room. <laughs> and for me, that's been the nature of our association because we really have had this intergenerational conversation from the beginning of time in that. Now, some young people don't quite appreciate that because uh, they don't understand that that intergenerational conversation was grounded in our blackness. And I, I need to point this out for the record. We made a pledge that evening that we were going to be black first and psychologists second. Mm. That's, a, that's a major oath. So we're going to be black first. So all those new career professionals were taking, and since we didn't call it an oath at the time, but taking an oath that they were going to put the, their, their blackness in the needs of the black community ahead of primary to their advancement in this academic professional discipline called psychology. Okay, so I think it's important. I like what you just said. We're going to put blackness first and psychology second. Yes. Let's unpack that a bit and let's kind of explore what that meant then and bring it all the way forward to what it means now. Yeah, you think about it, and I, I've, I've been so far removed from those white theories, and I'm, and I'm glad of that. But you think about it, all the white theories about black psychological functioning were demeaning, were denigrating, were right. always some kind of deficit. Right. And so we had to recognize that we can't put that those theoretical modalities as, as, as our as our lead horse. That we had to look at look and really look carefully at what it means to be black people. Recently, like over the last maybe decade, we started using the language of what does it mean to be human? Mm -hmm. Because it is what it means to be human that this science is supposed to guide us with and direct us with. So we wanted to ask ourselves and ask each other, what does it mean to be black? And so, uh, so uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, uh, Cobbs and Greer came out with the book Black, black Rain, yes. and that was that was a, that was one of the earlier texts about what's what is the black experience, mm -hmm. and how does that black experience affect how we function as black people? And then other articles, articles in Ebony Magazine, earlier writings were really our attempt to have this conversation in public about what does it mean to be black. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So all that inferiority, all that internal, externality, all that uh, idea about uh, low self-esteem and negative self-concept, all those things that were the, were the ingredients of the psychological menu that we inherited, we were rejected. We had to reject that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's interesting because we rejected, but then also there was a strand that tried to say, we can, we can make it work. Right. We can figure out what's wrong with it and correct it. So there was a challenge to Western psychology, and there was an attempt to correct Western psychology, and then there was a stream that said, we ain't gonna do it at all. Let's go for broken, develop our own science of uh, black human function. So I'm thinking about integration and how that pushed people to move towards wanting to prove to the white establishment that we were worthy, quote unquote, worthy, and that we wanted to be accepted by them. 
Yes, yes. And that, so that's that political reality that's, that's paralleling our discussions about the science of human functioning. And that political, real, political reality had strands as well. And so they were focused with straight up integrationists and mm -hmm. believed that if, we, that if white folks would just give us a chance, we could prove that we are just like them and worthy to be recognized by them. And not only worthy to be recognized by them, but worthy to be acknowledged as valuable by them, not valuable by ourselves. Our worth, our human worth was not something that was intrinsic to us. It was a, it was an, an anointment that white folks gave. Right, so right. there was that strand and that, and that political strand was there. Then there was another strand that was very political that was this notion of, uh, of uh, uh, really rooted in, in, in Marcus Garvey that, we, that it should be Africa for Africans at home and abroad. Mm -hmm. Well, if we the abroad Africans, what does that look like? And right. so, the, so some things became, uh, the separatist movement, you know, saying that separatism was the only way we we're going to find human dignity. And other folks say, what well, separatism is another word for segregation. And we fight in segregation. We want to be integrated. And other folks say, we don't want to be integrated. We just want equality. We want to be able to be equal in pursuing our, our desires. So all those political rivers and streams mm -hmm. were going in and out of themselves as we were struggling with this understanding of what it means to be human. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. It seems to me that that conversation is still present well, today it's still present absolutely gaze of needing to be accepted by mainstream society as opposed to the internal acceptance from within and moving from that position absolutely now there's there's more voice being given to the narrative of we need to understand our own intrinsic nature and our own human functioning uh, but but the narratives are still intermingled even today in ABC. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and it is a frightening thing because I, as an elder now, I can see it. I can see young people coming into ABC and being afraid because you know, some people calling on them to go against all the 12, 16, 14 years of education, which, which was really indoctrination, to be something different. Right. And, and, and all the opportunities that, all the trinkets that are, that are place before us as indicators of achievement, of security, all those indicators are, are held in the call the call to the white folk. It's not, hey, you black folk talking about go for broke and you ain't got no, you can't give me no job, you can't give me you can't give me the, you can't even put it up to two or three places, give me a degree. So how are you gonna talk about go for broke and I'm looking at everything. You know, I wanna I wanna I wanna be I don't want to kiss Harvard's ring. I don't want to kiss Stanford's ring. I don't want to kiss Yale's ring. I want to say, them, put your ass on my forehead, Stanford. Stamp mm -hmm. me to say that I am okay. Mm -hmm. and, and we're still having that tension going on right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what do you think needs to happen to dissolve some of that tension? How just can fight we it out. Fight it out. So we just got to fight it out. I'm, I'm using the language of fight because that's, that's how I was bred. But, but we just got to have that debate. If we, if we, go back and, and, and uh, acknowledge our blackness and the love for blackness, that we could be in a room and, and argue this out. I, what I can't do is say you're not black, and I can't say that because you have a certain idea, you're not black. I can say because you are, but you're black, and you may be misinformed, or you're black, and because you've been so infected with white thought that you can't, holler, you can't somewhat see the same vision that other folks see. It. But we black together, so we're gonna work this out. At some point, we will figure out what is the, the, the glasses we need to create to put on our, on our people 
for everybody to see the same vision. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Because no one's there yet. We are all struggling with trying to un unfold this, this idea about our humanity. And we're all trying to figure out when the humanity gets damaged, gets shattered, gets cracked, how do we mend it back together? That's right. what we call therapy, but it's not really therapy. It is really mending, mending right. the fractured sense of who we are. Right, right. I, I talk a lot about healer healing thyself and the fact that we are in a society that is, we're being assaulted on a daily basis. Like turn on the television, we're being assaulted. Turn on the radio, we're being assaulted. Walk down the street, we're being assaulted. And the trauma of that assault, historically and generationally, has to have an impact. And so to think that we can just turn it off and just go and help other people, there's, is, there's so many layers to it. That's right. And, and, we, and, we, and we have to, I don't want to put this in a religious context, but we have to recognize our calling mm -hmm. because to, to become a healer of the mind, and I'm using mind only as a metaphor, sure. because healers of the mind requires you to not only see wellness, in the midst of your own assault, how do you how do you see what 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 does wellness look like? Mm -hmm. And everything that we everything that we were trained in Western psychology never talks about what wellness is. They talk about all the different versions of pathology. Right. So they get four, five, six versions of the DSM. And I was talking to Ray Pro the other day, and I was pointing to, to the audience. Think about this simple fact: if you got a DSM one and you didn't get it right. So now you got a DSM-2, you didn't get it right. Now you got a DSM-3, you didn't get it right. Now you got DSM-4, you didn't get it right. Now you got DSM-5, why are you going to that book? Right. I mean, so common sense says that that's an attempt at creating something of, of, of correcting the error, but not correcting the error, simply refining the error. Mm -hmm. See? And so we have to begin to look at our own selves as an association. That's, to me, that's the real value of, of ABCI is that it's a place where in love we can come together and, and, and deal with the stuff mm -hmm. and, and, and be careful not to slip into those little, uh, uh, what do you call it, um, groupies with these this little categories. You know, they're the, they're the deep, deep Pan-Africanists and they walk around with African clothes and, 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 and chewing sticks in their mouth and ear, big old earrings and I'm afraid of them. I'm afraid yeah, of them. Right. And then, the, then there's a, the other folk in there and they all suited up three-piece tie talking about they're celebrating because they just got tenure at some white school. And we, we, we act like we, we shouldn't talk to each other. But we should know, you bring your three-piece suit, I bring my earring and my, my chewing stick. And let's sit down, like we started out with, in a room by ourselves and work this thing out. Because it's not, it's not really, it really even should not be us talking to, us, to each other. It should be us talking to and for the black community. And that's the world community. Right. So whatever I come up with, I, the, the litmus test, is this, is this good for black people? Now this is good for my career as a, as a, a, a tenured uh, associate professor at some school, black or white, it really doesn't matter to me uh, because that tenure doesn't mean anything for us except if you have tenure, they can't fire your ass. Right. <laughs> so, so if you got tenure, you should be bolder. You should, right. you should be bolder, you should be braver, you should be louder in right. what you do. You ain't got to be hiding quiet and hoping people they, 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 they will recognize that you are one of those, in quote, good Negroes. No, tenure for me always meant it's time for you to go for broke. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And even make mistakes. It's okay because, we, because we're going to make mistakes. If you, if you go back and look at the, 
the years of theoretical development in, in AB side. Yeah. Some of that stuff is whack. <laughs> Some of it is right on point. We got to flesh it out more. And right. then now we're at the stage which your generation is really responsible for is how do we take that, our best ideas and translate it into practice? Right, right, right. We call that practice therapy you want it, but you can go, whatever label you give it, it's got to be the restoration. Mm -hmm. My language, it's got to be the restoration of wellness. We call that therapy you want it, I don't care. But how do you do How do we take this, this, this genius? this knowledge, this history of wondering about, theorizing about, coming up with, with, with models, and then apply those to, to practice. Okay. So if we talk about the restoration of wellness, and I like thinking about having an end in mind, right? Starting from what are we trying to get to? Um, I think, because a lot of times we focus on the pathology, like you were saying. If we focus on what a healthy functioning individual in our community looks like what do you how do you envision that what how would you describe that yeah i play with the language a little bit and, and, and I've, I've thought about this a lot but it seems to be to be well first of all we, 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 i in my work give up to being a human being i'm not a human being i'm a spirit being because sure. what all african teachers is that we're all energy vibrating radiating energy so we're spirit beings. Mm -hmm. Now, how does that to be a well spirit being means that you walk in the world with competence and confidence, recognizing that you have unlimited possibility and total uh, potentiality. Mm. So, then, so if, if, if it's, a, it's an attitude of how I negotiate reality. There's nothing I cannot do. Right. And so that's that unlimited possibility and total uh, potentiality. But as a spirit being, I have to connect to the energy and the feel that, un that allows that to unfold. That way, for me, for me at least, it is important to begin to explore our traditional spiritual sciences that someone called primitive religions, called voodoo and, and, and ifa, and, and, and those traditional, they're, they're actually sciences of the soul. But anthropologists, which is the, the twin evil of psychology, mislabeled <laughs> our stuff and right. started making us think it's, it's a primitive religion. Or it's a backward religion. So we, so we run away from our own stuff. We say, even today, when you say voodoo, black folks say, oh, I'm not in this room. Right. I'm not, I'm not going to be dealing with that stuff because we've been taught, we've been, we've been infected with right. alien ideas about what is the good in us. Right. And the good in us is that we have a vibrating, radiating energy that aligns with other vibrating, radiating energy. And the synthesis of those vibrating elements creates a better, a, 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 a more well-being. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's always paradoxical to me that people, psychologists, understand the development, they're supposed to understand the development of the body, the mind, the spirit, and we don't pay enough attention to how we are brainwashed to believe certain things. Yes. And it's just embedded in us, and it's difficult to undo that brainwashing that happens. You see, it, you, you're absolutely right. And part of it for me, again, is that we're still suffering from Descartes' dilemma. Mm -hmm. Descartes wanted to be scientific. He also was, was devoted to his theology. So he came up with the split between the, the, the mind and the body and said, I'll give body to the material, physical, medical world, and I'll give mind to this other thing called religion or theology. Mm -hmm. And so we're suffering from that even today when we have this mind, body, what do you call it, the mind, body, 
spirit mm -hmm. as if they were separate categories. They're not. All we have is spirit that manifests itself as body. Mm. Spirit that manifests itself as mind. It's all, it's all spirit. And then we, that spirit is also in relationship to certain realities. Mm -hmm. When you walk in the woods, that spirit manifested, manifesting itself as the forest. Right. Now, old folks knew that they could walk into the woods and, and, and read the ingredients of the signs of the energy of certain uh, vegetation and know that this vegetation I can take and ingest. This vegetation, I got to boil it first. This vegetation, I got to do different things with it because I'm reading the energy fields in the vegetation. Mm -hmm. That's all spirit. So it's not that it's a, you know, I, 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 I'm growing, a, I have a little garden up back. But I've convinced my family and everybody else, don't call my garden a garden. It's a farm. Okay. And so, so, so it's a farm because I'm growing food there. Right. And it's a farm. And I also, sometimes, I'm, this is a good time for me to entertain. I said, I also have a, 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 a donkey uh, called Nelly. I have an imaginary donkey called Nelly. So in the morning, I get up every every morning. I get up and I go get Nelly, and I walk the line. And it ain't, it ain't maybe maybe you know twenty feet wide. Right. I walk the line and I talk to the greens, talk to collard greens. I talk. I'm growing tomatoes. That's what I, what I'm doing is what our old folks always did. They understood that there that there's a living connection between all life forms. Right. And that living connection is spirit. Mm -hmm. And so, 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 so we got to begin to think about even right now. I've been, I've been having these kinds of talk shows. I would suggest everybody uh, find you a piece of dirt and grow something that you can eat, because mm. that's that'll get us through this pandemic. But it, because the idea of you having a relationship with Mother Earth and Mother Earth is the living, living element that is alive and is knowing and knowable, just as we are knowing and knowable. So yeah. start having those relationships. If you don't have to do with your children. Get your children have a little cup and make them have them grow some beans. What? Let them think about how that bean it was a little bean in the cup is now ten feet tall as a, a, a pole bean. Makes mm -hmm. them wonder about that. Right. Wonder about that, and it's that wondering that I think is at the root of our re rescuing the science of uh, human function. We'll call it black psychology. My, I was going to ask that. you about about children and that whole thing of creating somebody who uninhibited, if we could plant the seeds in, in our children's minds to know that they could be that, cre that creature that, cre yes. that yes. we talked about in terms of healthiness, yes. right? If we start from that, at what they would call a blank slate, but we're putting in it what we want to put into it. But, oh, no, 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 let me, if, I, if I may, we're yeah. not putting what we want to put in it. We are, we are drawn out of the, what's already there. Ah. Okay. Because we come, we come with all the knowing and we, we have a knowing and knowable spirit. The mm -hmm. magic is to know what your knowing spirit, knowing and noble spirit knows. Okay. If you think of old folks, you say, that child been here before. Right. That child, that child, we, that child been, because they know that we, we're born in the Yoruba tradition. We've already had a conversation with the divine about what is our purpose and path as we come to the world. Right. And as we come to the world, we come with stuff. Right. We come with stuff. And what we got to do is what Western education does is impose on us, infecting us, that we have nothing. We're blank slate, you just said, and that their job 
is the right on right their narrative on our blank slate. Right, right. That's called education. Right. So we got we got to flip that off and say no. I come for it. And, and in fact, uh, all those ancestors that are with us, we got to give that legitimacy. All those spirits that when old folks just start rubbing their elbows and say, this don't feel right. Somebody ain't right around here. And they start, and it's interesting to me because the symbol is about, they rub their elbow. And the elbow is really, the upright is the sign of cow. And mm. so why did they rub, rub their elbow? When they had arthritis, they may rub the knee. Right. But when they, when they, when, when the, what, what did our people do certain kinds of things? And that's tied to our rescuing our science. Mm-hmm. Rescue our science. Why did uh, 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 the old folks get a, 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 glad, a glass of water and, and put some, uh, uh, um, what is it called? Stuff? Those, uh, uh, I'm blocking on the herb. Um, no, it's like and them and their food. Garlic. Garlic. Right. They would put garlic in a, in a bottle of water and then put it under the bed. What's that about? Right. What's that about? Observe and look at it. They knew something going on. Right. You know, we got we got, we go back and, and have it interrogate our ways. Right. Not, we just throw it away. That's just a little dumb dumb stuff the old folks are doing. Uh why did why did the mother first day of school? Mothers would take their children and literally polish them. We said, we're we fighting ashy. We don't want to go outside and be ashy. So we mm-hmm. put grease on it. They would polish them. When you think about it, when you polish something, you are activating energy in it. So mm-hmm. then the old folks know that if I polish you up before you go to school, I'm activating your inner spirit and you'll learn better. Right, right. See, so, the, so we got to look at all these different practices and begin talking about how do we, uh, as in quote, black psychologists, rescue our stuff. Be finding for where we are now. You know, we can we can rescue some of the the, 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 the building techniques in ancient Mali, but I'm living in Chicago, and that 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 straw hut that worked for me in ancient Mali ain't gonna do it in Chicago. Right. So I gotta take our genius and apply it to the time we live in right now. Right. Okay. So for the contemporary psychologists. And we talked a bit about spirit. We are trained in the Western, in the Western way of training us to keep those separate. But would you say that as a black psychologist, it's important that we move more towards integrating spirit in the work that we are doing? Yes. And I, and I, I want to make sure that we see integrating spirit doesn't mean a theology. Right. Doesn't mean religion. And right. that, that it's not only just integrating it, it is recognizing that everything that we recognize that we can locate in time and space that is physical is a manifestation of spirit. All that there is is spirit, nothing else. Everything else is an illusion. Mm-hmm. All that there is is spirit. So, so, so you and I are talking now, I'm seeing you located in time and space in a certain room. You're seeing me located in time and space in a certain space, but what we are seeing is the vibratory manifestation of energy. Mm. And so, so we got to figure out how do we get the science of the spirit uh, rescued and understanding so that we can, in fact, do that so that I can begin to, I mean, oh, there, there, there are amazing things that we can think about. How, we talk, we're talking about uh, teletherapy now. So mm-hmm. I thought we were doing teletherapy a long, long time ago. They were sending thoughts across the, across the distance. They were beating drums, and the vibratory energy of the drum had particular messages encoded in it. 
Mm. Let me think about that. How do how do they do that? Right. How do how do our ancestors sitting in a and I've written about this sitting in an alligator swamp in Haiti, knee deep in a swamp with alligators, tell the alligators to back off because we're gonna go for broke. We're gonna be free. Mm-hmm. We we did certain things in that moment of time that's called the spark of the Haitian Revolution that literally changed the world. Mm-hmm. And they've been trying to deny that and undo that from that moment on to, to this very day. Mm-hmm. And it's no accident that the whole world organized itself around Haiti to make Haiti the worst, the worst place in the world that people would ever want to be. Because mm-hmm. they understood that there was something going on in that swamp. And I, and I, I use my Hollywood mind and say, I can see this brother getting together and here's a, here's a, a bookman Bookman and here's Cecilia Fatima, woman, and this male and female energy get together and they open up a pig, not a pig, a wild boar. Mm-hmm. You understand the nature of the boar, they were releasing spirit energy at that moment, and the brother said, We're gonna do this. We ain't got no guns. Tucson's over in Atlanta, he thinks he's more French than Africa, but that's okay. He got some he got some skills. And so we so Tucson said, which side do I go with? Do I do Spanish? Do I do French? Or do I do these Africans? And so all that stuff going on. But what we're saying is that we're releasing the energy, the spirit that says we are supposed to be free in Africa. We, mm-hmm. you know, all our revolutionary movements until, until recently have been free, fighting for freedom, freedom, freedom. But the Haitian revolution said clearly, we're going to be free in Africa. Right. We're going to call on the Vodou. We're going to call on the Orisha. We're going to call on these spirits so that, that even though we ain't got no, no, uh, no, no cannon, we, we beat major French armaments with just the darkness and the knife. Right. And, and that's, that's what I think okay. that's so frightening, was so frightening for white folks. They say, you give a black person a knife, and at nighttime, I'm afraid. Right. And, that's all, and, and kind of, um, not silly, but ironic way, I believe that a lot of the killing of, of our young men by these white cops who declare, I, I feared for my, my, for my life, it is true. They fear the magnitude and the power of black spirit. Mm-hmm. They just thought it's criminality, but they ain't criminality. Right. Now, I don't want to use my energy to understand white people's minds, but I do understand that there's a, 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 a power of this thing called spirit. Mm-hmm. That, I, that is in our ancestors. It's in our, it's in our spirit. If there is a thing called spirit DNA, it's encoded there. Right. Okay. Okay. So, as we get ready to wind down here, I want to ask a couple more questions. And this is for the contemporary psychologists today, black psychologists today. What are three important things you think black psychologists should be doing today that are of the primary importance for moving us forward? As a, as a community? For me, it's the same thing we started out with. First of all, we have to challenge our, our, the indoctrination slash education that we received. Okay. Challenge that. Mm-hmm. And then challenge that, then free yourself. Free yourself to explore, to rescue, to reclaim an African thought. Because, because ideas are the substance of behavior. Mm-hmm. If we don't have the right ideas, our behavior is going to always be aberrant. And so, so we want to challenge Western psychology. I think we don't even challenge, just the, uh, this is me. So I'm, I'm, I'm at the end of my career so I can say this, but if someone just starting out, <laughs> you can't say throw it in the, in the ash can. Right. But in some ways, you need, we need to throw Western psychology 
in the ash can of history. Mm-hmm. You don't go, you don't do garbage dumping. You don't do garbage, neither in the ash can of history. And then use your genius, mm-hmm. use your genius to uncover the ideas, the deep thought of our ancestral community, including up to this very moment. There are black folks coming up with thoughts right now. Mm-hmm. We see it more in the art community, than we see it in the intellectual academic community, but there are people who are creating. Think about this thing called jazz. We created sounds that had never been done before, but they were grounded in African rhythms. Right. That's genius. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about how do you, as young black psychologists now, uh, challenge, I say discard, but challenge Western psychology, and then use your genius to create, create ideas, because ideas are the substance of behavior. Right. If we're gonna, if we're gonna ever walk in the world as gods like we did in the Nile Valley, we did that because we had ideas of divinity. Mm-hmm. Not as some spooky thing up in the sky, but divinity is the very energy that makes you be. Right, 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 right. Okay. So if you could put your glasses on and look into the future, what do you see for black psychology in 50 years? Where do you see us being? I think that it's, it's not about 50 years, but I think that we have an opportunity now with this coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Everybody's in lockdown, they call shelter in place. Everybody's in lockdown. And uh, people struggle with that. But this is an opportunity not to think about being in lockdown, but think about how we're going to be post-corona. Right. That should be the assignment for the Association of Black Psychology, is what, how should we be? Mm-hmm. How should we be post-corona? Mm-hmm. How, do we, how do we walk in the world? How do we engage in relationships? How do we define roles? How do we talk about uh, obtaining those resources that are necessary to sustain life? All those things should be, we should be thinking about them now while we're in lockdown. We have an opportunity, to, like right now, you and I are talking, we could have an intergenerational, multi-generation conversation about how should we be mm-hmm. post-corona. Right. And then to do that, you know, and I, I've been telling, in fact, I was telling my nephew earlier today that people are talking, oh, 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 I, I'm, I'm going stir crazy. I'm in this shelter in place. Our first shelter in place was the bowels of a slave ship. Mm-hmm. Think about it. And we got through that. And we actually came out stronger in terms of uh, what we could do. If you think about it, the Africans of the diaspora are the best educated, the most well in terms of physical health, et cetera, compared to the continent. Mm -hmm. And and, and that's all because the, you know, I want to put it, but the strong survived. But not only did the strong survive, we thrived. And we came out doing stuff that people could, couldn't imagine we were doing. But we were in shelter in place for that voyage across the Atlantic. Right. And so we can get through that shelter in place. This is, this is, this is cakewalk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we've got to use our time valuable. We've got to engage in conversation with each other. We've got, to get, we've got to challenge each other to think a new thought. Mm-hmm. Think a new thought. grounded in African thought. And then use that to create clinics, to create therapy, to create... Uh, schools to, to recreate all those things that have been used to infect us with the wrong ideas we got to take back all of that take it all back mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah well I, I i certainly believe that in 50 years it's going to be advanced to a place where we are independently operating and calling our own shots yes. and i think in large part we're going to be able to look back on that initial meeting that you all had in 1968 where you said no more we're gonna create something 
that speaks to us, for us, by us, and we're no longer going to beg permission from people who aren't um, even seeing us. Yes, and we 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 are special. Uh, I don't want to discuss the people. It's not the you know haters and challenge each other, but right. the, the, the the discipline of psychology, the discipline and the uh, the the advocates of the science of the mind have a special responsibility because yes. every other occupation that we've invented as human beings requires an understanding of what it means to be what it means to be teachers cops lawyers whatever you want to call that occupation all depends upon this thing called psychology mm -hmm. uh, and, and 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 because we have the wrong psychology all those disciplines have not worked for us right all those fields have not worked for us so we got to reclaim that and i don't want to say 50 years even though i, I think i'm going to be here I, I think it's it's five days after they declare things open up we should have a plan right we should be talking about it we should be talking about how do we how do we who are who are the practitioners that you are the therapists how do y'all do business differently mm -hmm. how do those who call themselves academicians who work at the university do that differently what are we what are the ideas that drive our practice in our praxis right those will be our discussions right now right and that's why we're doing this podcast to drive critical thinking and getting people to uh, appreciate that the black folks that are doing the therapy and the black folks that are doing the therapy in terms of coming to therapy is on both ends mm -hmm. and opening it up for us to really open our minds and realize that we can control our destiny and we can call our shots in our own way. And this conversation is so very, very valuable to that. Um, and I'm, and I'm very grateful to you. Um, in so many ways we think about when I think about my own development as a psychologist, which I didn't know any black psychologists until I don't know if you remember, um, I was an undergrad at university of Notre Dame and you <laughs> came for a black man's think tank, mm -hmm. you and Dr. Akbar and Ellis Liddell and Haki Matabuti. Mm -hmm. I was the person that was chosen to, or volunteered to pick you up from the airport and drive you around and take you to dinner and all that kind of stuff. And I was just sitting there in awe, listening to you all discuss these great ideas that were new to me, um, but that were speaking to my spirit and yeah. awakening something in me that said, I need to be doing what they're doing. That's good. And, that's, that's how it that's how That's the invisible hand of the ancestors. See, the, yes. the, the dwellers of heaven are not dead and gone. The dwellers of heaven are energy vibrations in the invisible realm that influence the vi the visible realm. And so all those moments, all those contacts we think were quote, accidental, or I'm sure glad it was that moment. That's not, that's not accidental, it's intentional. Absolutely. It's intentional because the ancestors say, we're gonna make sure that we spark, open up your spark. Right. And you gotta keep, we gotta keep nurturing each other. Because mm -hmm. even, you know, we think about it as a teacher, it's the, it's the quote, dignitary that you've got a chance to drive around. Right. No, it was, a, it was an inter, generational conversation in that car right. and just as I, I may be igniting something in you you were igniting something in me right and so it, goes, it works both ways i remember you you asking me what i thought about something and i was sitting there like i don't <laughs> you're, you're asking me <laughs> i'm trying to listen <laughs> i didn't think i had anything to say you know but, it, that's what, but that's it, still, it made an impression on me that you had the that you were willing to engage me in that way that was that was that was important and it and i i've we're never forgotten that we're supposed to see we don't have no we don't have no olive tree and aristotle sitting on a tree and the student comes stupid sit there and listen to him for 
pronounced things. We have conversation. Right. And that conversation is what causes us to think differently. Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, I, I say that's, that's the role of the elder. I wasn't an elder then in right. terms of the age wide, but that's what elders should do. Right. We should always say, what, what do you think about that? Right. Does that make sense to you? Mm-hmm. If it don't make sense to you, what, what are you going to produce? Right. What are you going to contribute to this conversation? Mm-hmm. We right. should be asking all our young psychologists that question. What you going to do? What right. you going to do? What you, how are you going to contribute? It's not enough to memorize somebody's ideas. So I, I, I read everything Dr. Noble's ever re- read. That's not enough. Right. That should be just open you up to say, what you going to do now? Right. What's your contribution going to be? What's your contribution? Yeah. We and came you, from heaven yeah. to contribute. Mm-hmm. And you've written tons of stuff. So um, if people don't know, just, just Google you, right? <laughs> and, and read some of that stuff because it's, it's foundational and it will help you understand what this thing is that we call black psychology and it will help you begin to shape your mind so that you can also add something to it and for the people who are you know on on the other end of it in terms of receiving it helps you understand why it's important to have people who look like you providing these services so that we are um, getting you the type of help that's going to allow you to evolve in a way where you are tapping into your ultimate, absolute best genius that's we, already there that you came we, here with. We need each other, right? We, that's what we need you. You, you can't sit by and say, "Oh, I'm a student. I'm a pastor student." No, what you gonna do? What right. you, if, if you if you look at the work of Bobby Wright or Asa Hilliard or, or any of us, and you say, "Well, I think something's wrong with that," or, I, I can't understand it. Well, what you gonna do? Right. What you gonna contribute? You don't understand something? Then give me something you understand. And then let's talk about that. If you think that you—that's the final word. It's not what right. Ace has done, and what I've done, and what Bobby Wright has done, and what Bob Williams has done. That's not the final word. Right. We, we're we're in an unending song. Right. And you, what well. notes you gonna add to it? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, on that note, <laughs> we're gonna go ahead and wrap up and and give thanks again for you. Uh, gracing us with your wisdom and this and the in this conversation that I'm sure is going to go a long way to continuing the dialogue and adding more voices to it um, who have pushed this thing forward for us as black psychologists. So um, again, we thank you very much and we, we're grateful to our listeners for um, participating and making this possible because without you, this is impossible. And we're going to continue having this dialogue. If you have questions, thoughts that you want to contribute please feel free to contact us. Um, let us know what they are and we'll address them moving forward. So we're going to sign off and say again, thank you so much. And we want thank you to- Thank you, Anthony. And I want you to keep doing what you're doing. Yes. We need each other. You know, there's, there's no magic out there we can find our your profit. So we all are divine. Absolutely. And it's in our conversation with each other that we can figure this out. So I need you as much as you think you need me. Okay. All right, people, we will see you next time. Thank you for joining us, and we'll sign off now. Peace. In closing, I want to remind you to always be a critical thinker as it relates to your mental health and well-being. We always want to inspire you to consciously question your choices to ensure that you are doing those things that bring you happiness and fulfillment. Please don't forget to subscribe to our channel and share the information with others who might benefit. Connect with us on Twitter at HeartMindHealer and visit our Facebook and Instagram pages at Alashe Center, A-L-A-S-E Center. 
Our website is alashe.net, A-L-A-S-E.net. And feel free to contact us for any consultations or questions you might have. Things that I might be missing, running too fast to stop to listen.